Hello, Los Angeles. Hello, fans of Major League Soccer. Hello, lovers of the beautiful game. And hello to the millions. And millions. Of Defenders of the Bank listeners, this is episode 265 of our beloved Black and Gold podcast. Uh, introductions. My name is Christian Philemon, mainly known as Philly, but today I'll be referring to myself as Philly Joel because you may be right. I may be crazy, but I just may be that lunatic you're looking for. And I'm coming to you from the laboratory of world-famous Phil Monster Studios in Burbank, California, down the road from Warner Brothers. And speaking of brothers, my brother and partner in pod, the man who has more scarves than the entire population of Alaska, the warlock of wool, the king of knits, and more importantly, my dearest friend, J.R. Liebert. The scarf. What is good, brother? You got to hang out with a whole different scarf yesterday. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, man, this club is uh, my my grandma Mima used to call it Ajita. It's giving me Ajita right now, man. It's uh, it's been a thing back and forth and forth and back. A uh, bit of a day for me yesterday. Uh, I'll, I'll say this to the listeners out there. One of the very few matches at BMO Stadium that I have missed. Uh, LAFC vet is saying fall was trash. More on that in just a minute. We are live, by the way. Let's talk about that for a second. Philly's like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to do it live because uh, it's easier for us to not have to post on YouTube and a bunch of other stuff, but also yeah. because we want to act uh, interact with you, the millions. And millions. There you go. So, yeah, I, I don't miss many games, uh, but uh, look, uh, I'll just the, – the, the TLDR version – is uh, my dad's home from the hospital. Everything is hopefully going to be okay, and we're good. So uh, good morning to all of you out there. It is, what is it, 1046 in the morning, the day after our match, Sunday, July 9th. And uh, Philly, it's good to have a little bit of normalcy back, doing the pod with you, and just kind of getting uh, getting everything back under uh, a normal set of circumstances. I got to tell you, it was odd, beyond odd. I've never really had the experience of looking two rows in front of me and to the right and not seeing you there. It was it was the reason why we love this club, obviously because we love the team, but you know, it, it's the people, it's the relationships, it's the experience. And for me, one, if not the biggest aspects of LAFC and the love I have for it is that man, on this podcast with me. I spend all my damn time with him. I spend more time with him than I do with my own wife. And uh, I, I obviously we do a pod together, but we also have an awful lot of fun together. So not having you in the stands was was weird. I wanted to make sure I texted you, but obviously I wanted to respect the fact that you were dealing with something. And I told you many times, I'm here for you. I love you. Whatever you need, I'm there. But obviously I, I gave you your space. But plenty of people that saw me around, First question, hey, where's Scarf? Not like, Philly, what's up? Maybe that. Maybe some people are like, hey, Philly, what's up? But they're like, hey, where's where's Scarf? And, of course, I had to explain it. So, I mean, you are loved. You are cared for. You are cherished. You're a black and gold treasure within your own right. And I also want to just say thank you to the millions. And millions. Because they obviously had your dad in their thoughts and prayers because, thankfully, Papa Scarf is home and Papa Scarf will get to be watching Angel City later on today from the comfort of his own couch, calling you, talking to you about the game, putting life back to normal. So I got nothing but love for you, JR, from the bottom of my heart. Nothing but love for you, Papa Scarf and Mama Scarf. All the best. And uh, I'm happy to see you and to be gazing upon you, my friend. Yeah. Um, 
Look, everybody knows who sits in, in our section that during the game, my dad will call me uh, usually after each goal or after someone does something incredibly stupid or really good or something. So I'll get two, three, four, five, depending on when we're playing Carson, maybe seven or eight uh, phone calls from my dad during a match. And uh, it's just good to have him back home. That's for sure. It's been it's been a lot recently. It looks like he's going to be OK. And I'm just glad he's home. Uh, real quick, let's uh, let's pay some bills. We do want to remind everybody we are sponsored by Flex Power Tools, flexpowertools.com. We love them very, very much. Part of the Flex family, as you can see, just under Philly's crest. Giggity, I don't know why that sounded weird. Uh, either way, uh, head on over to flexpowertools.com for all of your power tool needs. Uh, it, look, again, I say this every time. It's very simple. It's a lifetime warranty for everything you buy in 2023. Everything but the box that it comes in, people. Lifetime warranty for everything. So go out and buy Flex Power Tools. They're not going to break, but even if they do, you're covered. You're good. I think that should be their slogan. They're not going to break, but even if they do, they're covered. There you go. I just wrote you a new slogan, Flex. Uh, so yeah, flexpowertools.com, sponsor of Defenders of the Bank. And of course, the front of kit sponsor for your defending MLS Cup champion, Los Angeles Football Club uh, and Philly. We're still doing it. Mo Facio, Futsal Court, Southeast LA. Uh, LAFC.com backslash Mo hyphen Facio. I'm going to be very simple with my number uh, this time. Uh, and, and my number is is nine. My number is nine because uh, it's July 9th and, and my dad is home. So I'm just happy. And everybody, look, nine bucks. Head on over to LAFC.com backslash Mo hyphen Facio. Nine bucks. Uh, it's July 9th. Uh, LAFC needs a number nine, by the way. We'll, we'll talk about a former LAFC number nine in just a minute. Uh, but nine bucks, everybody dig deep, nine bucks, LAFC.com backslash Mohef and Fazio. All right. I, I don't want to trump you on a day like today because, you know, you're feeling pretty good. So I don't want to kick you down a notch just yet. <laughs> but when it comes to this Mo Fazio futsal cart, I will. And my number is going to be 12. 12 is in the number of goals that Denny Bawanga has scored in Major League Soccer during right. the regular season. If I wanted to up the ante, I would go 19 because that would encompass all of his goals in all competitions so i'll go 12 and 19 how's about that yeah uh that's <laughs> i like it i gotta put martin's quote up uh martin luckily it was only a nightmare because he scored in the 23rd minute he didn't score in the first 20 minutes so uh if you're looking at our at our chat over here it's pretty great yeah. uh philly Real quick scarf i also just want to acknowledge lafc vet uh just condolences on the yeah. passing uh, yeah. of your father and, and so right spend as much time with your as your pops and your family as you can scarf because i mean you spend time with me all the damn time but oh, it'd absolutely. be great to see you, you. You, you know you know i love my dad and my mom by the way mama scarf if you're listening love you um look i just want to also remember somebody I, I didn't get a chance to be there for this tribute i saw it across the north end uh the what was it uh born and raised banner over the top of the north end and then the two stick of Chris Spanto print up. We talked about this a couple of episodes earlier, but the Venice born and raised, and that's Venice, California, home of the gondoliers, uh, Venice born and raised founder of born raised clothing brand, uh, passed away tragically at, uh, in a car accident in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, uh, the whole LAFC community came together before the match to remember Chris Spanto print up Philly. You were there 
for it. Um, what was it like there in the stands? I mean, it actually started beforehand um, during the tailgate, which, by the yeah. way, was really, really relaxed up until maybe three o'clock. There weren't that many people. There was no fan fest. But at one point, uh, Aaron, who uh, runs, obviously, the tailgates uh, from from D9 uh, on Christmas Tree Lane, he had everybody get together. They stretched out the banner on Christmas Tree Lane and they had everybody hu uh, uh, huddle in uh, just to like get like in front of it. And they had a drone that was above and it was taking shots of everybody that was there with the banner itself. So they had an aerial view. And then of course, like we picked it up and then they had like a front like bird's eye view of it. So it started there. And I mean, they had it raised on top of the North end, like right in between the North end terrace and the, th and the North end itself. And uh, I, I put a post, I had put a post of it, a reel on our IG. So if you didn't get a chance to see it or you don't know what we're talking about and you're not uh, watching, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're watching this pod, I don't have the banner, but if you go to the reel on Instagram, yeah, you'll, you'll see exactly what it was and how long it was. I mean, it was, it was powerful, man. Uh, just the fact that the guy like does what he does being an entrepreneur and making money in this town is hard enough. He battled cancer, beat that. And then, tragic to, to lose his life in Albuquerque, New Mexico as a result of a car accident. So, I yeah. mean, look, life is very precious. Got to live those moments as best as you can. Cause you just, ne you just never know, man. So, yeah. And, and again, I want to remind everybody, he was supposed to have a collab dropping with Nike later on this month. And he gifted every single graduating member of Venice high school's class of 2023 with a pair of the Nike shoes that he was collaborating with them on. An incredible gesture by an incredible man, and he will yep. certainly be missed. Chris Spanto, print up. Oh yeah, uh, Philly. Let's uh, let's get into our our regularly scheduled podcasting goodness. We start with a little this day in LAFC history. We go over one bit of news regarding the LAFC community. At oh, excuse me. Wow, I forgot how to talk for a second. And then uh, we'll get into the Angel City minute. LAFC two, a very quick look because both those teams are in action today. And then we'll talk about the draw against San Jose. Of course, the game, Philly, happened on the 8th of July. And uh, on the 8th of July in 1995, Nico Chornomaj was born. We all remember Nico Chornomaj, right? 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 You really, really, really dug for something for this day in L.A. history, didn't you? Listen, listen. 2018's inaugural team will be remembered forever fondly in the annals of LAFC history. Nico Chornomage was on that team, Philly. He was, he was on the team. He is now 28 years old, playing in the Greek second division, and is on his seventh club since leaving LAFC in 2018. But Nico, we know you're a big fan of the podcast. We appreciate you listening, my friend. Yesterday was indeed your birthday. Happy birthday. And that is the end of this day in LAFC history. Philly, I I subscribed to Real Salt Lake Twitter now, and all I got yesterday was Chicho post after Chicho post after Chicho post, and I thought, man, they are marketing the hell out of this guy over in Real Salt Lake, and 23 minutes into the match, Philly, of course, the Chicho Arango era began and back into the multiverse on his own story on Instagram. The world-famous Chicho Arango song sung by one Christian Philly Philemon. I I was stunned. Our, our good buddy, Josue, 
messaged uh, the defenders IG and he, he brought this to our attention. I got to give a shout out to underscore the X nine. Uh, Cause that was the account that tagged Chicho with, with the song. And it's just so, it was just so, so funny to hear it and ironic that it's with another team, but is anybody really surprised that Chicho is back in major league soccer and doing what he did plenty of times for us, which is scoring goals. Thirty-six major league soccer in only 23 minutes worth of action. And as a result of that, RSL won four to nil. He, he broke the ice, started the scoring onslaught. They absolutely obliterated Orlando. And if you look down at the table, they're not much further down than we are. So it's going to be an epic contest, an epic battle between us and Real Salt Lake. When that time comes, I wish Chicho all the best. I want him to succeed. I want him to get a hero's welcome when he comes to BMO Stadium, and then I want us to shut his ass down. Can't have (laughs) Chicho Arango scoring big against us. Can't have. Look, I'll I'll say this. Uh, I hope we win that game four to one, and he gets the one goal. How's that? Uh, That'll you know what you can put me down. Put me down for that scoreline. I hope it'll be four to one. That 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 reminds me of something. So just real quick, I I, this is the banter, and we're just trying to have fun and make ourselves feel better. Plus, I didn't have a day of, of scarf to banter with. I remember a big, we're big Mets fans. We when Mike Piazza left to go to the San Diego Padres scarf, that to me gutted, it gutted me. Cause that made me realize like he's retiring. I'm getting old, a childhood hero doing his thing, but I'll never forget when he came back as a member of the Padres to Shea stadium, Pedro Martinez was on the mound pitching and he came out to his actual theme song. The, the Jimi Hendrix, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, voodoo doll, voodoo child song. Everybody at Shea went nuts. He hits two homers. Um, the first one, everybody cheered. Second one, it got a little little more quiet. And the third one, third time, he took Pedro to the wall, to the warning track. And at that point, everybody at Shea started booing because they were like, where the hell was this last season? But I'd be <laughs> fine with a performance like that from Chicho in the event that we're already winning by a lot. So I just you rehashed a memory, and as a Mets fan, I figured you'd appreciate that. Yeah, look, I I wanna I wanna be- let everybody know too how ironic the universe can be. Chicho Arango, first of all, he, he must be listening to our podcast because he played the first sixty nine minutes of the podcast, giggity of the of the uh, match, excuse me, giggity. And then Philly, who does he get subbed off for? None other than Danny Musowski comes in to finish the last 21 minutes of the match. Danny Musowski replacing Chicho Arango in the multiverse of madness. What the hell is going on in Sandy, Utah, Philly? Oh, my God. It's time to watch out for RSL. We'll talk about them in the standings in just a little bit. Want to remind everybody that both LAFC2 and Angel City are in action today at home. So. Have fun choosing which one you want to go to. If you're an LAFC 2 supporter, they play the Earthquakes 2, which is just kind of like an aftershock, I think, on Sunday, July 9th. That's today, 5 p.m., Titan Stadium, where over at BMO, it's the return of Lee Wynn. And no, Lee Wynn is not playing in the NWSL. He's coaching in the NWSL. He's the assistant coach for the North Carolina Courage, uh, and they are playing uh, today as well. I believe, what, 5, 5.30, something like that? Over I mean, today. Yeah, yeah, but doesn't that mean the return of No Sleeves FC, Tyler Lucy? Tyler, uh, uh, okay, look, I know we're doing an LAFC podcast, but I, I got my I got my Tyler Lucy shirt on, so I'm I'm excited no to see FC. excited to see Tyler back at the bank. Philly's no longer wearing sleeves now. That's the end of our news notes. Angel City and LAFC two recap 
Philly, let's get into the match. Not bad. Only 16 minutes into the episode. That might be a new record for us recently. Lots of finish under an hour. That would be a record for us. uh, uh, lots of empty seats I noticed at kickoff, buddy, uh, across the way there from the cameras over in Founders. Uh, it The 3252 seemed loud enough. I just uh, just was wondering. I know I couldn't make it to the match, but where the heck was everybody else? Uh, obviously, when the apps were they reported 22,000, I don't know, 33 people, whatever whatever the number was. So obviously they distributed that many tickets. But you can tell early on that from the tailgate that there were going to be a lot of people not there. I mean, our good friends over at Cuervos, they didn't set their tent up right next to us. There was only a couple of uh, a couple of them there. Ramon was there. And then eventually people started piling in. But from the tailgate onward, it just wasn't your regularly scheduled crowd. I, I get it. People are probably still reeling from that loss on Fourth of July to Carson, but obviously now's the time we need y'all, you know, through good and bad. And I get it. Like a lot of games, a lot of this were back at BMO on Wednesday, but it still felt like a regular crowd. It still was loud as a result of the 3252. It was, it was still, yeah, there you go. Ruben said it. And uh, we're all a little older. And as we know, as we get older, those hangovers last a little longer. So it is what it is. Uh, Hopefully, see, we got to see everybody back on Wednesday because we have a very tough opponent, and that is St. Louis. And I want to smack the new kids on the block around because if you go to the Twitter socials, they're being very uh, arrogantly annoying, and they need to be brought down a couple of notches. So we need everybody at BMO. But, yeah, you could you could assume 18,000, 19,000 were there. I, I'm comfortable in saying that. I okay. mean, more than what you'd see at, a, at an Angel City game, and they get around 18,000, 19,000-ish. Look, uh, a couple of people we knew would not be there, although, like we've talked about, no Chicharito, no Martin Caceres, that didn't matter. No Jesus Ferreira, no Paul Ariola, that didn't matter. No Cade Cowell, no Jackson Ewell, no Jamiro Montero, uh, three of their most dynamic players. Montero loves playing against us. Cade Cowell and Jackson Ewell with the U.S. men's national team. Montero out injured and still didn't matter, but at least we didn't lose this one, I guess, right? That's that's sure. the silver lining this is a club that is, we, we talked about this in one more sleep as fairly in the middle of the pack as they possibly can be coming into this match, seven wins, seven losses, seven draws. And again, without Cade Cowell in the lineup, there's really nobody that I would pay to go see. I know Christian Espinosa is very, 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 very good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know Jeremy Abobasi is very good, but I mean, I guess I got to shut up about Christian Espinosa now. Christian Espinosa is really good. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take back mm-hmm. what I say. Christian Espinosa, you're an all-star, so I'll give it to you, and I'll shut up now. I, got, I mean, I got nothing. I'm agreeing with you. I think we should get into the lineup in that case. Sounds good. Luchi Gonzalez, head coach of San Jose, former FC Dallas head coach and a U.S. men's national team assistant, and honestly, one of the high-risers in terms of coaches in North America. Uh, I think that he could be one eventually down the road if things go well in San Jose that might get a look back with the U.S. men's national team. He does a lot of things well as a coach, really gets the most out of whatever formation and whatever players he has available. Case in point, this match. Switching formations, going to a 3-5-2, playing Jeremy Abobasi and Christian Espinoza up top. Not something he normally does. Uh, with Cade Cowell, Jackson Ewell, and Jamiro Montero all gone. He really wanted to get his better playmakers uh, on the pitch and better defenders because they are giving up a lot of possession, as I know Philly will go over in both halves in this match. Their goalkeeper for at least the start of the match is the Brazilian Daniel. Uh, Rodriguez, Tanner Beeson, and Jonathan Mensa 
are your back three. Paul Marie, Carlos Gureso, Jack Scahan, Miguel Trauco, and Carlos Acapo are all in the middle. They run kind of a hybrid 5-3-2-3-5-2 where Paul Marie loves and Carlos Acapo loves to get, they love to get up. That's what she said. And uh, that's the lineup for San Jose in the 18. Just one player I really want to make sure I mention, although Tommy Thompson's been there for forever. You'll want to know about goalkeeper JT Marchinkowski. More on him in a little bit. Philly, your lineup for LAFC. Fun fact for y'all, Grueso on San Jose is the first ever Ecuadorian to score in the Bundesliga. So Ooh. there's a fun fact for you. That is throwing that out there. Uh, starting, uh, well... I'll give you my opinions on that in just a bit. I mean, John McCarthy, no surprise there. Starting in the backfield, uh, Ryan Hollingshead, Daniil Maldonado. Welcome back, Mama Dufal. Talk a bit about him later. And then the return of Chiqui Palacios. If you're asking why the return belt, he didn't play in the last game against Carson because of the fact that he was on the naughty list for yellow card accumulation. He is back, uh, and we needed him. Uh, midfield consists of Timothy Tillman. Kellen Acosta and making his hundredth MLS appearance. And at this point, we don't know if it's his last because, hey, we'll keep the tally going. His hundredth MLS appearance, Jose Cifuentes. Up top, Stipe Buke, Monty Bogush, and the number two leading scorer in Major League Soccer, Denis Bowanga. All right, Tina, I'm just going to mention the names of the players that came into the game. And uh, that we have Ilya Sanchez, Carlos Vela coming off of the bench, and Nathan Ordaz. Those are your subs. And eh, no, you know what? I'm going to give props to everybody that's there. Julian Gaines, Diego Rosales, Christian Torres, Eric Duenas, and of course, friend of the pod, backup goalkeeper, Eldon Yakupovic. Uh, he's a very tall man. You could even see it from way up in Founders Club. So big shout out, Eldon, fan of the pod, and we're a fan of you, brother. Philly, I got another fun fact for you. Ooh, fun facts with uh, Scarf and Philly. Yeah. Expected goals from non-penalty situations this oh. year for LAFC. So oh, non-penalty XG. Per 90 minutes, who is our team leader in non-penalty XG on the season? You're asking me that question as if it's going to be a surprise. The ob the answer is obviously not obvious. It is not Denny Bawanga. It is not Carlos Vela. It is was not Mahala Opoku. Philly, I'll give you... No, wait, non-penalty, not, not, non-free kick situations? Yeah, non-penalty. Non-penalty XG leaders per 90 minutes. So if, if, if they played a full 90, this is their non-penalty non XG. Oh, if you wouldn't if you would have said non-penalty, I probably would have said Mati Bogush. Um, hmm. Jose Cifuentes. How about Nathan Ordaz? Shut the front door. Really? How? Or Daz. Well, you know, if you extrapolate his limited minutes over 90 and you get your non-penalty XG, it's higher than any other player on the pitch. Now, I'm not saying we got to start Nathan or Daz every single match, but I think we all can agree out there because you mentioned him as part of the 18. He did get very late minutes in this one with Jose Cifuentes potentially moving on. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, we have something in Nathan Ordaz that is incredibly special. We have obviously something in Mati Bogush that is incredibly special. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm not starting a controversy here yet, but all I'm saying is what I've seen from Stipe Buke and what I've seen from Nathan Ordaz so far, for me, I'll take Nathan Ordaz. That's just my, my thought. 
All I'm going to say is after that, you data miners are on a whole different level. Extract that kind of information, that kind of data over a very limited body of work. It's insane. This is why I I, I don't like numbers. And the irony of it is I work in finance. I was it's like, wait a minute. Metrics, all this stuff just, they just, I, I don't think in ones and zeros and binary. That just blows my freaking mind. What a surprise. And thank you for that stat. Yeah, man, he's a he's a special kid. I'm looking forward to watching him play more and more. All right, let's get into it uh, because Paul Marie decided to get into it. What ten Gee. seconds into the match? Good lord, we play the kickoff up to Paul Marie. Fifteen seconds in or so, he got wide and then headed into the box pretty nicely with a shot from the left side. Why are we not closing down on space? More on that later, Mama Dufal. Uh, good save by John McCarthy to start things off, and Cheeky goes down right away. Yeah. Carlos Gureso clips him from behind with a late run into the box, uh, but it looked like Cheeky was fine after that. I'm going to say one thing about Cheeky. I, for the last two or three matches, have not loved his body language. Not the part where he's riding around on the ground after he gets clipped by Carlos Gureso. The part where every single thing now, he does the whole, like, punch at the air and like turn around and get all upset and throw a little tantrum cheeky buddy. You got to keep that under control for a little bit. You are probably our most important defender when Giorgio Chiellini is not out there. You got to, you got to stay calm, cool, collected, use that fire on the offensive end of things. You've been playing really well still this season, but calm down, my dude. No, you're right. It's that hot-headedness that got him in trouble and got him. Yeah, we 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 can't we can't afford that. Not with the health and the current state of our team. We need every bit of action from him. Scarf, like within those 16 seconds, what was crazy about that was Marie was he did a great job. There was a pass. The ball tried to come in the Ryan Holling said. Uh, because Marie, it got misdirected. Abobasi hits it back to Marie. Tillman misses an aggressive tackle. Marie is in the box. Hollingshead sprints right back. He gets his ankle broken again. And then that's how the shot transpired. To have Ryan Hollingshead a part of that play in a negative fashion twice was quite insane. And we, we got lucky. 16 seconds in, that would have been a punch to the junk immediately. And uh, not the way to start off a match. It could have been the fastest goal ever scored on LAFC at BMO in club history. And thankfully, J-Mac was there to make that save. Yeah. And uh, nicely done on the corner, by the way. We take care of that. And on the counter, nice little uh, run by Denny Bawanga, but his first touch well long and right into the defender. So unfortunately, uh, first touch betraying Denny Bawanga early on in the fourth minute. Christian Espinosa telling Scarf to shut up, providing some pressure, but his shot goes well high over the bar. And then Daniel Maldonado gets beaten on the inside, but nothing there for San Jose. I was a little worried, Philly, because look, I love Mamadou Fall. Mamadou Fall was my player to watch in this match because, hey, we're happy to have Air Senegal back. More on Mamadou Fall's performance. It wasn't great uh, after the match. But the Mamadou Fall Giorgio Chiellini pairing is the one that I'm really looking forward to, or the Mamadou Fall Jesus David Murillo pairing, that one I'm looking forward to. I, I can't tell you I was really looking forward to a Daniil Maldonado-Mamadou Fall pairing. We have Daniil, who has a penchant for going to ground, although has done so much better since that one match where I absolutely lost my mind on Daniil in the stands. Uh, there was a lot of zen happening there. Philly, I was really worried after I saw Daniil get beaten to the inside in the sixth minute because I know Mamadou likes to press up and likes to take a lot of chances and Daniil likes to go down in the box, giggity, and I just wasn't sure what we were going to get from our center back pairing. Two things I want to make note of. One, I was quite surprised that Mamadou got the start to begin with. 
Yes, he uh, he just came back, but he hasn't had time to assimilate. He didn't do any kind of preseason camp with the team. Yes, there's people that he has connections with in some chemistry, but it goes to show you the state of our team. If they are starting a young man for a full 90 minutes that hasn't been with the team all season, that's how desperate we are. Now, if you listen to the clipping on the press conference, and I'm a little bummed, by the way. I was the first person to ask a question in that press conference asking Steve what he thought about Mama Dufal, and they proceeded to just give Steve's idea of about it and he reiterates that point i would have assumed he would have come in in the 65th 70th minute to get some run in but who else do we have back there you can't run the tires off of giorgio chiellini he wasn't even in the 18 but bearing that in mind i was surprised that fall did play uh, 90 minutes and speaking of fall there were a lot of falls that happened on the pitch last oh. night. I don't know what it was that happened. It wasn't just us. It was San Jose Earthquakes players as well. So many people slipped throughout the course of the game. Whether you were watching it and the play unfold or whether there was other people not even involved directly in the play, people were slipping on that pitch. And it it, it was bad, mainly due to the fact that, look, we've had a couple of concerts at BMO Stadium over the past week. I think Panda was at the Fallout Boy show. They did like a double thing. Blink-182 was there. And for that matter, they, they did the best they could. The groundskeeper did a really good job making the pitch look as great as it did, despite having all those concerts. But it was very slippery, and it wasn't just us falling. It was San Jose as well. Yeah, I, I do want to remind everybody, Mama Dufal did play with this club in 2022. That's last year. 20 matches, scored a couple goals, picked up seven yellow cards in very limited minutes. So he's got some experience with Steve Chirondolo. He's got some experience in this newer, updated system. But you are absolutely right. Uh, there, uh, there was definitely something to be desired from Mamadou Fall. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, in the eighth minute. Timothy Tillman gets the turnover, but again, on the counter, his first touch now betraying him. So we got Deniba Wanga and Timothy Tillman, a tough first touch for both of them. And then Mamadou Fall with his first touch in the eighth minute. It was a header forward on the left side. Nothing came of it, unfortunately. And in the 11th minute, there's your first one. Mamadou falls. Uh, he goes down after Jeremy Abobasi has a nice little step over and yeesh. Uh, that was worrisome because he ran right at Mamadou Fall. And, uh, and really shook the defender there, number five. Uh, another heavy touch for Denis Bawanga in the 12th minute, played out for a corner, that corner uh, to Kellen Acosta. And off the restart, by the way, nothing on the corner. San Jose gets the ball back, and Mamadou Fall completely misses his assignment again as Jeremy Abobasi runs to open up space. And look, I, I'm it feels like I'm picking on Mamadou Fall here. He was my player to watch, and I've watched this game twice now since it happened. I watched it once so we could take notes. I, I watched it twice so I could watch Mamadou fall. And I saw an awful lot going on with Mamadou fall. Philly, uh, in the chat, they are mentioning that chunks of the turf coming up all over the place. Uh, I, I did want to address one comment. Yeah, the, the pitch did not look great, but considering that we've had concerts, it's the best that it could have looked. Uh, you're right. Concerts are to blame for that. But just, just keep in mind, folks, from a macro perspective, uh, we have, what, 17 to 20 games, maybe a little more, obviously, this season at BMO Stadium. This is a privately financed arena. Uh, by Philly headed to the game. <laughs> 
Uh, by Panda, I'll, I'll see you in Pimo Stadium. That's funny. My wife's in the chat. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with Concert. 20 or so events at a privately financed stadium, look, you want to get back your money as much as you can as an owner, obviously, and you want to make as much bang for your buck as you can. It's expensive to run a privately financed facility. So obviously what they're going to look to do is book that calendar as many times as possible. Do commercials, do sightings, do stuff like that, and concerts. So I get that this doesn't happen in in a lot of other places in the world, but this is just something that we're going to unfortunately have to deal with because, well, we're not the owners. We're not the ones making the bucks. We're the ones spending the bucks until we have the ability to make the buck. Yeah, RSL's field absolutely looked amazing, Soccer USA. But just keep that in mind, folks. 20 events is not enough to like maintain a stadium. You got to make that money. And as a result of that, we're going to see more of this pitch situation. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I, I want to talk about Mamadou Fall at the end of the match. You guys, don't worry. I am not trying to give Mamadou Fall a pass on anything. Uh, we'll talk about Mamadou at the end. Uh, Philly, Mati Bogus just offside in the 17th minute. Again, I love what Ryan Hollingshead brings to the game with his passing. A nice through ball there, but Mati just outside. Uh, or just me, just offside. Everybody was playing outside. That's what you do when you play soccer. Uh, in the 18th minute, J Mac has to clear it out after a little bit of a confusion there between Daniel Maldonado, Mamadou Fall. Someone already mentioned it in the chat. Like Mamadou Fall was giving Daniel directions. Daniel was going in the wrong way. It was a whole thing. Uh, but luckily, J Mac just, you know what? I'm going to clear it out. We'll live to fight another day. And uh, in the 20th minute, we got a high shot from Timothy Tillman after a corner kick from Kellen Acosta. Still, not much in the way of anything threatening. LAFC vet Hollingshead absolutely did have a good game. Um, and then we start to get some early yellows, Philly, on uh, on San Jose. Yeah, Jonathan Mensa getting that first yellow card in the 22nd minute. And rightfully so. We did see a couple of yellows from San Jose. But it didn't really get chippy, at least from my perspective, until later on in the game. Uh, moments later, you had a scenario where the refs were uh, looking to see for possible uh, handball. It, it was a huddle. Uh, one ref didn't think so. One ref did think so. They they had a chat about it, and then they took a look, and unfortunately, nothing happened. It was just a throw-in instead. And then uh, moments after that, another yellow card. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yeah, another yellow card for San Jose. But the minute that was a gasper for us was in the 28th minute, where uh, you had a run by Christian Espinosa, and you had Mamadou fall slip. Uh, he had his ankle broken first and foremost, but he did slip. But it was also a great ankle breaking by Christian Espinosa. And he had himself a very clean look, but we are really lucky that he missed. And that was several of uh, what would be, wait, what yikes moments. Uh, the turf not being good, but at that point, Christian Espinosa just being really stinking good. Philly, he slipped the way that people slip after they get hit with a Mike Tyson uppercut. He got absolutely cooked by Christian Espinosa. 1v1, that was rough. First, Christian Espinosa headed left, then right. Oh, man, are we lucky that he couldn't put that one on frame. Can I just ask a quick question to anybody in the chat who's watching right now and to, to Philly, of course, because you're listening all the time. What the hell is a handball if that's not a handball? The ball popped up, got him in the bottom of the elbow. Are they saying it was like a normal running motion? So as long as I'm I'm doing this and I'm running, how how is that? Look, I, they even said on the broadcast, right, that it, it was Rogo and Heath Pierce, right, which we love hearing Rogo call games. We Heath, we know you're a big fan of the pod. We appreciate you, bud. What, why, how is that? Not, I feel like Ted Lasso, when they're trying to explain to him the offside rule at the start of the show, I don't feel like I know what a handball is if that's not a handball. The ball popped off of his body and then onto the arm. I just, I got, I got nothing. I don't know what a handball is, Philly, but apparently that wasn't it. 
No. And it was just interesting because one ref made a bad call and we all could see that he, he missed it. And we were lucky that they actually had a conversation and reversed that and even had the conceptualization to go to VAR. You don't really see that that often in this league with these officials, these pretty rancid officials. Uh, and I'm not going to say they had a horrendous uh, officiating match because I didn't think that they were a, a main factor as they have been in the past. But I'm happy they at least went to VAR to get that reverse. But yeah, who, who knows? Um, 30th minute, you have a pass in from Stipe to Ryan Hollingshead, who... You know, he sort of missed that. And then Jack Scan had a brilliant, an absolutely brilliant pass to a sprinting Christian Espinosa who had Mamadou fall on him, fall tracking back with Espinosa, and uh, he, he didn't get in front of it. This time, Christian Espinosa did not let the sequel go by him and fall. He gets the better of LAFC, and now it's one to nil. Once again, we start with our backs against the wall. Um, Ryan Hollingshead would, I don't want to say he would have been charged for the mistake early on had San Jose scored 16 seconds in, but there were a couple of those plays that he he missed passes on and San Jose went off on the run. And what was interesting about that scarf, I don't know if you saw it on the broadcast, uh, He they all started wearing white boots, LAFC. Yeah, all started wearing white boots. And because the pitch was the way it is, people were slipping and sliding. At one point, Ryan changed his boots. He went from whatever white kicks he was wearing to a pair of like pinkish ones. So that's just another example as to, you know, how crazy the pitch itself was. They actually when they were showing Steve Trundle at one point during the broadcast, Philly, right behind him, you could see a member of the training staff holding up a pair of green boots for somebody to come up and change as well. I noticed that for sure. Philly, I think John McCarthy was a little flat-footed on that shot. I think Mamadou Fall was a little flat-footed because, well, he just got put in the popcorn machine right before that by Christian Espinosa before. So, look, I, I don't sort of blame Mamadou Fall for not closing out only because he was so worried he was going to get blown by. Awful 1v1 defending by Mamadou Fall. I absolutely blame him for the goal. Uh, I don't think it was much McCarthy's fault, but you'd like to see maybe McCarthy can do a little better with that. Either way. Christian Espinoza further shutting up the scarf. Uh, it's it's frustrating because, of course, he was my player to watch in this match, and I watched him score a goal. So there you go. Christian Espinoza, his 10th of the season in double digits now. Uh, look, he's already one of the best uh, playmakers in the game, and mm -hmm. now he's uh, one of the better goal scorers as well. Uh, in the 31st minute, Daniel Maldonado doing a great job to snuff out a run by Jack Scahan right afterwards, but a great corner comes all the way across the mouth of the goal and then sent all the way back across the mouth of the goal twice until Christian Espinosa gets it, able to take it into the box, and it's John McCarthy who has to come in and cut off the angle. Espinosa just cooking in these last five, six, seven minutes. Love John McCarthy taking over there and getting that ball. Philly, I don't want to glance over something, though, that you mentioned at the start of that play for the goal. And that was a turnover from Stipe Buk, who looked like he had no idea what to do with that ball. I know Hollingshead was close to him. I know there was maybe a little miscommunication, but it's Stipe continually looking to play that ball to the side and behind him, where you have players like Mati Bogush and Ryan Hollingshead and players who were looking to play the ball forward. They have now seen tape on Stipe Buk and know, okay, when he gets pressed, he's looking to the side, he's looking behind himself, and that's what got us caught. And he does it again in the 33rd minute, Philly. And these turnovers from Stipe Buke, 
look, I love the guy. He's a nice kid, but we need production from our strikers right now. And we damn thing that we don't need are turnovers right now. No, we don't need turnovers because, I mean, that's the kind of that's the kind of football that San Jose likes to to play. They like yep. to catch us on the counters. And yep. as you saw, they almost they, they could have had three on us relatively quickly. And they all would have come in. Well, two of them would have come by way of Christian Espinosa. Um, what did I want to say in that respect? Um, LAFC wasn't crisp with their passing. And somebody no. who just made his hundredth appearance. uh it's just very frustrating to watch Jose Cifuentes. Just not great touch touches when the ball would come to him. Not not great performance from Cifuentes uh, at, at all today. It's it was it was frustrating oh, today. It's not today. It's yesterday. Um, he was frustrating to watch. But where it wasn't frustrating, and this was seconds after I literally wrote missing their passing and missing their connections. Denny Buanga, as aggressive as he is runs into the box and the angle that he came in, that was a pretty impressive angle. Rodriguez clearly steps on the back of his heel. And as a result of that, we get awarded the penalty kick and the very opportunistic and fortunate moment there was it's either going to come by way of Carlos Vela or Denny Buanga. And I'm sorry, as much as I love and tat and I am pro Carlos Vela, I have my Vela pin right here. I don't want to see him take PKs. I just don't want to see him take PKs. I want to see Denny Bawanga take PKs. So as a result of that, we didn't have anybody to argue with. Uh, he didn't. He scored a banger on Daniel. Uh, top shelf where Scarf keeps the good scotch. And it is one to one. Beautiful uh, placement with that, right? He went top bins on that one, almost dead center, roofed it nicely, hit the... I, by the way, did you notice that? I got to ban our first ever member during... Yeah, I didn't catch what this moron said. Yeah, um, he's gone. He's banned. He's, he's done. He's good. That was fun. Uh, Denny Bowanga, he got stepped on by Rodriguez, and what I loved is they panned right to Rodriguez afterwards, and he was like, yeah, I did it. I got him. I mean, it was it was really clear on the replay. He didn't even argue or anything at that point. It was just, and then I noticed later on, by the way, Philly, when they talk about the the other potential PK that that we could have earned at at one point, or or that San Jose could have earned. Excuse me. They panned to Rodriguez, and he's like, "Yeah, no, that wasn't really a penalty." Like it was. He's like their truth teller with his face. Like, don't, don't I want to play poker with him because I'll know what he has the entire time. Uh, Rodriguez with the PK. Denny Bawanga with it. Also, by the way, how is there no yellow card on Rodriguez? From what I understand, he was not issued a yellow card. How is that not a yellow card? A, a, a foul in the box leading to a PK. Maybe I just missed it. I don't know. Uh, as it was mentioned on the broadcast, by the way, Philly, because we talked about non-penalty XG coming into this match with the Nathan Ordaz start, that is a league high. Eight, eight penalty shots for LAFC on the season. Uh, in MLS and nine overall because we got one in Champions League. Just want to remind everybody, Denny Bawanga is now two for two on PKs. You mentioned it. Mati Bogush is one for one. And then Carlos is uh, four for six. He's uh, he, he missed a couple, but uh, he also made four. Uh, you kind of forget how many of Carlos's goals this season have definitely not come from open play. Gone are the days where he kind of gets to shift over with that left foot at the top right corner of the box and, and catch that bender, the keeper kind of out. It's it's really interesting how the league has adjusted and how Carlos has maybe gotten a little bit older uh, and he's not scoring those bangers anymore. 
But uh, ninth penalty on the season. I love how dangerous Danibawanga was in the 39th minute as well, kind of probing on that that left side once again. And then Philly, uh, you got to explain to me what happened over the next minute or two because, as I was able to find out on the broadcast, power went down in the studio area, in the studio broadcast part. I think you guys said maybe lights flickered at one point for a second or two there. And so the clock died on the screen. The broadcast cut out for a minute, and, and all I saw was uh, an awful turnover by Mamadou Fall, which led to a break by Carlos Acapo, but I have no idea what happened before that. Well, I, I'm going to address that, but I wanted to address one thing about Denny. He mentioned it during the the broadcast, uh, during the postgame conference. Uh, he could be seen, and if you go back to watch the replay, he uh, he said something to Daniel after that PK transpired and took place, and he was asked about that during the presser. And... Uh, what he turned out, what it turned out was Daniel was just trying to like mean mug, intimidate and talk ish to Denny. And after Denny scored the goal, he went up to him and look, he said, I don't know what, if he literally said it this way, it sounds too polite. He, um, he, he was just like, I got the job done. So he kind of stuck it to Daniel uh, after he scored that goal. So I just wanted to address that. If anybody caught the, the verbiage and the encounter that those two have had, but in the stadium to address your other point for us, being in the stands, it was just a quick flickering of the light. Like you could tell just a light bulb went out, then quickly went back on. We had no idea at the time that the stadium lost power. And it wasn't all around the stadium that the lights flickered. I could really tell that it was only around founders. At least that's where my eyes were pressed upon. And as the players are heading towards the sideline to hydrate themselves in the stands, we're all wondering what the hell is going on. They can't be taking a hydration break this late in the game. It didn't make sense to us. And uh, the beautiful Panda, my wife, who is apparently now at the Angel City game, um, she went on Apple TV on, on her app, and she told us the same thing, that they flickered, lost lights, lost connection, and that's the reason why it took so long. Because there were people booing in our area, and then once Panda told me, it, it made sense. So I had to address that. But if you were in the stands and had no idea why that would happen, that's the reason why. If you were at home not wondering what happened in our neck of the woods, it didn't really seem as if anything happened. Imagine being in like a nightclub or whatever, and you had a little flickering of the light. It was really quick. It wouldn't. I, some pop people probably didn't even pay attention to it. Yeah, you know, it was really interesting. They said it on the broadcast. The clock went down, and then you can kind of see the the smaller scoreboard, and the clock was still running on there, even though that looked like it went down for a little bit. Uh, according to Mark Rogandino, the stadium uh, lost power, which also led VAR to yeah. go down. And that's where Lu Luchi Gonzalez was livid on that play. And, and it's crazy to me that we are in the highest professional league in of soccer in the United States, and we have referees communicating via their own cell phones from their pockets talking to each other about, hey, what's going on over here? What should the time be? What's this? What's that? It was like, it was almost an SNL skit going on down there. And then the referee comes out. He brings all the players together and says, okay, here's what happened. We don't really have any idea what the hell time it is in the match. We're going to say there's five minutes of stoppage, but there's not going to be five minutes of stoppage. There's actually going to be seven and a half, almost closer to eight. E either way, Philly, right as right before this happened, what we're talking about, right? The big play is that Mamadou Fall turns the ball over, which led to Carlos Acapo just going sprint, yeah. dead sprint, one v one with Cheeky Palacios. Cheeky got there a little bit late, but they showed it in slow motion on the broadcast several times. 
And luckily, Cheeky doesn't actually ever really make contact with anything other than the body of Carlos Acapo. And I watched it over and over and over again. So it should not have been a PK. He was down. Nothing was called. And it actually was a counter uh, by LAFC right after that. And Denny Bawanga pushing his shot just wide of the far post. So much action. And then the world comes to a stop for like seven actual minutes of gameplay. Yeah, no, it was fascinating. Like I said, I, I had no idea. Thank, thankfully, we have smartphones and computers in our hands that can tell us these things. Because, yeah, people were visibly upset at the time. Um, I don't have too much as far as what happened within injury time. I mean, the San Jose coaching staff did get assist a yellow card. So we saw um, this yet again. And uh, there was one play, I believe, where it might have been Marie who just sliced through two LAFC defenders. Uh, <laughs> Soccer USA saying, I forgot Palacios actually playing. Yeah, he was my player to watch. Oops. Um, but I don't really have too much. I mean, I could go into stats unless you have something else. But Yeah, just real real quick. I mean, you mentioned it. Luchi Gonzalez earning the yellow card. Um, they they said five minutes of stoppage. Obviously, it went more like seven or eight. Um, yeah. I really did like the combination play uh, with between Mati Bogush uh, after a great turn, and then he got it up to Denis Bawanga. And of course, instead of being selfish, he looked across it into Stipe Buke and his pass was kind of sniffed out. But I liked Stipe making the run there, opening up the space. I thought that was good. Um, the other thing I do want to mention, uh, it was, by the way, Christian Espinoza who dribbled through both Timothy Tillman and Cheeky Foster. Marie. Yeah, I think it was on the other side. I think it was Espinoza. Um, but I do want to mention good things from Mamadou Fall in the fifth and sixth minute of stoppage. He did head away both of the corner kick opportunities. And I think when Mamadou Fall is right and what he does best for us is air in the box. He is just on a different trampoline than anybody else out there. He gets up. He gets in a solid position. He is a weapon in the box offensively, and he is a weapon in the box defensively. I loved it. We got the whistle after about eight minutes of stoppage time. Luchi Gonzalez was absolutely livid at the end of the half. And, uh, <laughs> oh, Eric. And, uh, yeah, what he said. Uh, and that's, uh, that brings us to the half. And I, I imagine, Philly, that we're going to see huge possession numbers for the black and gold. First and foremost, LAFC played like Scheisse. They played like Mierda within the first 45 minutes of this game. It didn't look good, and we got lucky that Denny bailed us out. And we also should thank uh, the PK for, I mean, thank the PK for that. We had three shots, Scarf, with one on target to San Jose's five with two on target. They were a little more threatening, but we controlled the ball. And that's to be expected because our style of play, that's our style of play. And San Jose's style of play is to wait and catch you on the counter, which is exactly what they did. 58% to 41%, us to them in terms of possession. Passing accuracy is as crap as it was and as many like bad passes as Sifu made. We were still around the 80% mark. They had more set-piece opportunities within their corners, 5-2. to R2. We had slightly more fouls, 6-5. to five. Uh, and, and that's your substitutions. Like Just not a good 45 minutes. And we are lucky, lucky to be in this game because, honestly, we didn't deserve to be. Fall falls, yep. Espinosa normally scores that goal. That could have been two. And 16 seconds in, had John McCarthy not made that save or had it been somebody with a harder and other uh, a different trajectory of a shot than, than Marie did, now we're looking at three. So we're lucky to be 1-1 going into the locker room. 
Listen, I love it. We got all kinds of uh, of ideas in the chat. Soccer USA, it's not worth winning if you can't win big. We need Coach Bombay in the locker room. Look, if you're not first, you're last, right? So uh, so there you go. Rubbin's racing. That's all I know. Second half, Philly, another quick corner for San Jose. I mean, geez, they they break out of the gate with Paul Marie in the first half, and then you got uh, a corner from Christian Espinosa here in the second. Uh, but luckily, it's Mamadou Fall once again rising into the box. All right, everybody take a deep breath because Mamadou Fall had a better, better second half than he had a first half because he had a pretty bad first half, so he better have a better second half. Uh, he so didn't he, have a great game, Scarf. He had well, a couple he of moments have a great of greatness. Uh, he did not have a good overall game. I'm he did sorry. not, no. Uh, already, though, making his defensive presence felt in the first half. Absolutely loved the ball from Timothy Tillman to Denis Bawanga in the 50th minute. A beautiful through ball, but he just couldn't do anything with it. I love, I, I kind of forgot occasionally that Mati Bogush was in this match. He wasn't nearly as threatening or aggressive in the first half. In the second, though, about six minutes in, Mati from distance, it's a diving save from Daniel for a corner, uh, and a great corner to Daniel Maldonado on the near post, but his header goes over the bar. I said, okay, all right. Mati gets us cooking. We get a nice little set piece. Daniel Maldonado showing he's dangerous on the front post, which could be really fun if we have Mamadou fall on the back post. But then, by the way, that means we have no center backs playing back, so that could be just crazy. We'll see how that goes. Uh, wow. Uh, Philly, you may have uh, acquired a new nickname from LAFC Vet. Um, another good ball across the mouth of the goal from Sifu, <laughs> who passed the ball much better in the second half than he did in the first to Denis Bawanga, but Denis slips on the grass, and he couldn't control it. And then another good sequence from Sifu. So a couple good things here from Sifu, Philly, about 10 minutes in. Sifu makes the pass across to the back post to Denis Bawanga, who lays it for Timothy Tillman. He did a great job to turn and fire, but didn't get a whole ton on it. And Daniel was right there to make the save with his hands like you're supposed to if you're a goalie in the box. However, Philly, in the 55th minute, you can't do that. It's not, it's a substitute for all the other stuff I would normally consume. It's also in the morning, which still not necessarily an excuse for me, but so, so the I haven't is, had a drop of anything in nine weeks and Topo Chico has been a great substitute. So, Plus it's so, good to so hydrate. Here, here, they say you can drink half your body weight in ounces. Philly, so for Philly, me, that's a lot of water. Philly, Philly. Mm. See what this is, is we're doing a, a live podcast. You're talking to LAFC vet in the, in the chat. I'll put the that now people that are watching have hey. some idea of what hey. the hell you're talking about. Because what hey. happened was I set you up for a segue so that you could talk about the handball by Daniel way out of the box, trying to pull a Tyler Miller out there. And what you did was you were just responding to LAFC vets comment about Topo Chico. So the people that are listening on iTunes right now, and the people that are listening on Google Podcasts right now, or the people that are listening on Stitcher or Spotify or on any of the other fantastic ways that you can listen and not have to watch Defenders of the Bank, the podcast, uh, they have no idea what the hell you're talking about as Thank you're you. talking about Topo Chico being a substitute for not drinking. I will try again. You can't do that in the 55th minute. Look, this is why sometimes these live things are funny for me because I'm like, squirrel. And then I just go off on a completely different tangent. Uh, I don't take any kinds of meds for these kinds of things. I probably need to practice meditation or maybe take some meds. Anyway, I'm sorry. I die 
Grass, uh, YouTube live peeps, all that matters. I don't make the rules. Look, here's the deal. I agree with that. Sorry, and then I'll get to it. I promise. Oh my god. Um, you wanted to do the lives? We have people in the chat. Want to make sure that each of these things get addressed uh, because we certainly appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. And that, that rocks. Take what? take three, Philly. You can't do that in the fifty fifth minute. Okay, fine, fine. I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. All right. So a brilliant play. By Kellen Acosta, who has an awesome pass to a sprinting, wide-open gazelle known as Mati Bogush. Uh, and you couldn't really tell who made that pass, essentially. I had to go back and rewind a bunch of times. Daniel comes out to make the play and clearly gets his arm on that ball, misdirects the, sh- misdirects the attempt. Uh, they go over to the review, and as a result of that, we get a red card. There's the red for those of you watching on San Jose, which is great. What is necessarily great is the fact that you take out Daniel and you put in a better keeper, in my opinion, in that of JT Marcinkowski. But man, man, if just Mati was just going to chip it a little higher or something, that now we're all, we're talking about a completely different ball game. But what a pass from Kellen Acosta! What a pass! Yeah, look, it's uh they were kind of arguing the handball because the the uh the, the the angle from the side didn't show it very well. I really wanted to see the back camera from like behind the goal. Um but clearly a handball. Uh, I don't think Daniel was arguing with it at all. I, I think uh it looked like a pretty clear handball. The unfortunate part is it happened just outside the box. If it was a handball in the box, it just would have been him playing goalie. Uh, but we couldn't make anything happen on the uh, on the restart because Monty Bogush fell down. Monty Bogush fell down when he went to take the kick. He actually hit it, by the way, Philly. I don't know if you could see this in the stadium. He hit it with his plant foot. His plant foot slipped a little bit, and then he made contact with the plant foot, and then his 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 I don't know other other foot, the foot that wasn't planted. Uh, a little Chip bit of a change though, is what after- I refer to it as scarf. Chip What's and a slip. His what? He had a chip and a slip. He had a chip that, that and was a slip. The attempt yeah. on that play. Uh, Ilya coming on for Timothy Tillman in the 57th minute. And JT Marchinkowski coming on for Paul Marie. And, and, and Philly calls timeout. Tillman went right back to the locker room. Just, just wanted to address that the minute he came off the pitch. But why? Why did we take him out and not Cifuentes? Okay, hold on. Uh, I, I do want to mention they did show Timothy Toman back on the pitch after the match that like after he was in the, he was sitting down. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think he might've just had to go boom, boom, but that's okay. Uh, hopefully that's not why they subbed him out though for Ilya Sanchez. I, I will say uh, Ilya coming into the match really opened up everything for LAFC. He was exactly, exactly the person we needed him to be coming on in that match. Ilya Sanchez was incredible. Uh, I, I will say JT Marchinkowski, by the way, started the previous two matches against LAFC for San Jose this year. So he does have experience against us, but Daniel has uh, taken the starting mantle since. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, I was really hoping, Philly, 58 minutes in, 58 minutes in. Here we are with 32 minutes plus stoppage, 33 minutes plus stoppage of being a man up. Really hoping, Philly, 
that we could find something. And and look, 62nd minute, Denis was offside, so we couldn't touch that pass from Stipe, from Stipe Buke. Not, not a problem there. Denis made his run a little too early. I think that one was more on Denis than it was on anybody else. But I thought you could see immediately, immediately, how quickly Ilya Sanchez changed the game with the way he was able to move the ball a little bit higher up. I thought Ilya was actually playing higher up when he had the ball, a little bit closer to the offensive third. It was nice. And then in the 63rd minute, this right here, Philly, 63rd minute of this match, this was where I decided I wanted to see more Nathan Ordaz and Les Stipe Buke. I'm sorry, but these are the kinds of plays that we need our strikers to make. He did the beautiful thing. He slid to his right before quickly slipping over to his left. And it was a beautiful job by Stipe to get himself enough space, tons of space. But you got to put that one on frame, Philly, if you're going to play up top and be a starting striker for the defending MLS Cup champion Los Angeles Football Club. I don't disagree whatsoever, but finally, at least he was looking to move forward. Yes. More, I'm more tired. I'd rather him do that, create some space and some opportunities or get a shot saved. I, I'd rather see that than him looking to go backwards or, 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 or to the sides. We need more aggression out of him. And yes, Nathan Nordaz has that aggressive aggression. He has that intestinal fortitude. Mahala, I miss him already. He had that intestinal fortitude. We need more of that out of Shkipe Buchan. I don't buy into the argument that he's, he's young. At this point, he's played on clubs with more rabid, I don't want to say more rabid, with like more intense, I don't want to say that. Look, he's just played in in hotter environments over in Croatia. He absolutely has. I do split games are nuts. Uh, the teams they play against are nuts. He's been in those environments. He's been battle-tested. He's seen things. He's been one of the top players in, in, in UEFA that were under a certain age. He needs to be more aggressive. He absolutely needs to be more aggressive. I commend him for creating that opportunity. Uh, I'd rather see that than anything else out of him. Yeah, except you got to put it on frame again. It Fair came enough. by another turnover forced by Ilya Sanchez. Look, I know it also helps that he has 10 men on the pitch against him, but when Ilya came in, man, the ball just moved better. You had Judson and Tommy Thompson come in for Trauco and Skahan in the 67th minute. The 69th minute, man, another little frustrating frustrating moments with Mamadou Fall uh, in this bad corner uh, given up there. Well, you, you, look, I was so happy when I watched Mamadou 1v1 at the start of this because he cut inside on Christian Espinosa, totally cut him off, and, and all he had to do was either play the ball out of bounds or take it in a different direction away from goal, whatever he needed to do. But instead, he got a little too cute with it, just a completely unnecessary corner given up by Mamadou Fall. And luckily, luckily, good defending on the corner, but Cheeky committed a foul farther away from the play. And again, Dude, the body language from Cheeky is just, it's not good. We don't need that from Cheeky right now. We need him to stay up. We need him to understand, look, I don't care what's going on on the back of his top soccer card. We know the importance that Cheeky Palacios has to our defending each and every match. He brings something that very few players in all of Major League Soccer do. I really enjoyed Cheeky Palacios as a defender in this match. I thought he was fine. I thought he played great. I just don't like his body language. Uh, more good defending by LAFC in the 70 minute, 70th minute off of a free kick. And and again, I felt like we were making JT Marchinkowski uncomfortable, that little cross in the box that he kind of spilled in the 71st minute. And then, look, I 
Okay, so now you're going to take another midfielder off, and it's it's still not going to be Jose Zifuentes. Carlos Vela coming on, 72nd minute for Kellen Acosta. The armband changes, and uh, it looks like they move Mati to the left of Ilya and Carlos. I mean, to Ilya and Carlos moving up top. Uh, it's Ilya and uh, Sifu now on the left side, or right side, excuse me, and Mati Bogush on the left side. I'll get it right. Let's try again. Mati Bogush on the left. Ilya Sanchez in the middle, Jose Cifuentes on the right in the midfield, Carlos moving up top. And I'll say this, Philly, I thought Sifu played okay to close out the match, but I don't know. I would have loved to have seen him come off. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, 75th, Vela to Cifuentes, nice ball and a buke deflected by Marcinkowski, as we mentioned. 78th minute, and here's here's where you, 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 you kind of appreciate having a goalkeeper with a, a, a beautiful distribution let's just say uh jt marcinkowski had a great goal kick that got headed by a capo that went right to jeremy abobasi and had daniel maldonado not been there and marked jeremy abobasi in the way he did we're looking at a potential other goal he didn't have a great shot on it and a lot of that is attributed to daniel maldonado's defense but what a brilliant goal kick and that could have been a, a play of the week candidate in that 78th minute scary times at that moment and then a breath of fresh air a breath of relief subs for san jose i was surprised that jeremy abobas came out of this game he's been a killer anytime he plays against lafc or the galaxy the guy's got what was it like 10 goals in 11 matches or something along those nature like a lot of goals against the la teams so he comes off for kikanovic which surprised me uh 82nd minute you had this was a brilliant play by Mama Dufal, for sure. This is where we will credit him uh, for being a talented player. Great pass. Amazing pass to Carlos Vela, who uh, had himself a shot. And had Daniel not gotten that red card, I don't think he makes that save on this play. Marcinkowski gets the hand on it and prevents us from going up and enabling me to be a fortune teller because I predicted a two-to-one game. Great play, but a great ball in by Mamadou Fall on that frame. In that, I, I want to I, I say, look, Apple TV, you guys, all your matches are able to be watched back. If you just watched from the 80th minute on, when Mamadou Fall passes that ball to Cheeky Palacios on the left-hand side, and he hits it into like the ninth row of the north end, watch from the 80th minute on, and you'll see the Mamadou Fall that we've been missing. From the 80th minute on, okay? Absolutely. Um, soccer USA, you're absolutely right. I look, I let Philly just kind of roll by it because I think that I've picked on Steve Buke enough in this, but yeah, you're absolutely right. He, he he needed to put that one on frame. There was another chance, even a little bit later on, that I thought Steve needed to put on frame, but I'm done picking on Steve Buke for the day. So, 83rd minute, Mamadou Fall called for a foul against JT Marchinkowski that didn't happen. I think he breathed on the back of his neck or something, but that was about it. And then Steve comes off in the 86th minute for Nathan or Daz, and I just didn't see anything from Steve Bay all night, so I'm, I'm not going to pick on him. Uh, fresh legs, Benji Kakanovic gets into the match, and he gets behind LAFC, but we're lucky that he couldn't figure it out. We, we dodged a bullet, but then on a counter for LAFC, rather than playing it four where we play it wide, kind of kills our momentum, and Philly, in the 89th minute, we almost had liftoff from Air Senegal back at BMO, how great would it have been? The pass from Ryan Hollingshead was a beauty. Mm -hmm. 
with the run of play, nobody closes out on Hollingshead. So he measures the pass, sees Mamadou back ish post. Just can't put the header on frame. I know JT was there, but Philly, what an ending that would have been. The storybook ending. Ending the nightmare that began with Chicho Arango scoring in the 23rd minute in Sandy, Utah, and an early goal for Christian Espinoza against us at home. It could have been all washed away. Philly could have been correct with his score line. Oh, man. But Mamadou Fall just couldn't put it on frame, Philly. No, and I and I couldn't tell from where I was, and I don't know if you saw it anything differently. Yeah, I mean, it would have been great. We would have had a completely different conversation about his game had he had the header, and it would have been a hero's welcome. But but how close, from your perspective, was Denny Buanga? Because he was there by that post. Are we talking inches or feet? Because that's what I couldn't decipher by being at the game. Because, yes, Ball's header just missed. But then he was really close by on the left side near that post. I just couldn't tell if we're talking inches or feet. Could he have made that play if he would went just a half a second earlier? No, because what you couldn't see is how far away from the post Mamadou's header was. It really wasn't nearly as close as it needed to be. Uh, he, he got good air on it, but unfortunately way over to the left, missed the post entirely. <sighs> Just one of those things, Philly. Uh, really wanted that goal for Mamadou Fall. I mean, it, none of the fairy tale endings that we had last year seem to be writing themselves this year. We Look, uh, I just want to remind everybody that coming out of absolute nowhere, one of the most disappointing signings in LAFC history became one of the smartest signings in LAFC history when Gareth Bale scores in the 127th minute, we got a fairy tale ending last year, the likes of which you can be, I don't know, a Mets fan for 40 years in your entire life, and you only get one of those moments when the ball goes between Buckner's legs. I- I'm just saying, everybody. Behind the bag. Sorry. Whoa, I'm being yelled at by Alexa here in the room. Uh, Why is Alexa yelling at Alexa, you? be quiet. I have no I'm idea. I was doing weird. the Buckner call. Scared the heck out of me. Uh, either way, Philly, these fairy tale moments that we get with LAFC that we've been getting over and over and over again. Laurent Simon, Adama Diamande, Denny Bawanga, Gareth Bale. I think we're getting a little spoiled. I really wanted that fairy tale moment for Mamadou Fall. Unfortunately, nothing. And look, here's the frustrating part, Philly. We had, what, seven minutes of stoppage time and really couldn't do much until about the fourth or fifth minute when Denny Bawanga earned us another corner by turning the corner on Rodriguez again. Mati t- took it, played it short out to Denny and then into the box, but we couldn't do anything. And to be honest, Philly, we didn't do anything in all of the stoppage time up a man for almost 40 minutes. And that's the exact thing I wanted to say. Up a man for 40 minutes, and we still couldn't do anything with it. We had more shots. We had more shots on target. But not being able to convert has been something that has plagued us for a long time. And uh, Soccer USA earlier said, did we upset the soccer gods or something? I don't know. I mean, I guess we've been too lucky too often. Sometimes you're the fire hydrant. Other times you're the dog. Uh, We've been the fire hydrant. Quite a bit lately because we've been getting peed on by a lot of dogs in Major League Soccer. And I had to be a little more expressive on that. Thank you. I didn't understand the reference at first. I'm glad you explained that. Well, people sometimes like to use the bug in the windshield. I like to use the dog in the fire hydrant because it's just a funnier image to me. That was a frustrating game in in some ways. 
in some ways, we should also be relieved that we got a point because San Jose should have won this game in the first half. What I'm also equally impressed with was the amount of information that we spewed to the millions and millions of defenders of the bank listeners of a one, one draw in which we've had no goals scored prior within the second half. Um, I'm just going to give you all some stats really quickly. We finally turned our, uh, we put our rears in gear. We had 14 shots with six of them, uh, six of them on target. If you remember what I said earlier, we had three and one earlier on San Jose, nine and three possession, the lion's share of it. 64, 36 scarf. 64 to 36. It's as if San Jose didn't even really have the ball in the second half. Passing accuracy there. And I mean, I could go through other things, but, and I will. But that's just to kind of give you an idea of, of the much better second half that we had uh, within uh, at, at BMO Stadium. We definitely played much better, but not being able to score, having as many shots and as many shots on target. None of that, none of that means jack ish if you can't score. And, I accept a draw on the road. I, I can't accept a draw at BMO Stadium uh, against a team that we've never, ever drawn against in 14 previous encounters. little disappointed, but also at the same time a little relieved because I think we should have lost to. Actually, 15 previous encounters, if you count the uh, the one time we played them outside of MLS, never had a draw. Huh. Oh, wait. I predicted a 1-1 draw. It was me. I knew it. Unfortunately, I saw it coming from this club. I- I'm surprised that it was only 1-1 because of the reasons you mentioned. It should have been 2-1 or 3-1 to them for a lot of the ways that we played. Yeah, we 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 generated a couple of chances. <clears throat> but for the most part, we did not play well. No, we, we played over 40 minutes in the set. Everyone said, oh, we played much better in the second half. No, we, we didn't. Did. No, we didn't. We played over 40 minutes in the second half up a man. Up a man. We had 10 men on their side. We played 40 minutes. We had Ilya Sanchez and Carlos Vela come into the match. And yet still, we couldn't figure out how to score against a 10-man San Jose team with no Cade Cowell, with no Jackson Ewell, with no Jamiro Montero, eventually with no Jeremy Abobasi. And we still couldn't figure out a way to score against these guys. We got two early yellows on central defenders. Never did anything at those defenders very often because we didn't play through the center very often. We kept turning the corner on Rodriguez, who somehow never got a yellow card for the PK and never got a yellow for any of the other fouls that he committed. But somehow we played better in the second half. I completely disagree. I am so frustrated with the way that we have played right now. Now, No late drama in this one, unlike the other two. We had the goal in the 83rd, the PK in the 90th, plus five. This one, no no drama much at all other than that Mamadou fall play in the 89th minute. It was sad. I just want to go very quickly. Quick stats for Mamadou fall. Played the full 90. 72 touches on the night. One or two dangerous efforts in the box on set pieces. One he definitely should have put on frame. But also uh, a few absolute nightmares defensively from Mamadou Fall. You mentioned it. He basically just got back off of loan. Maybe he's had a couple of practices. I don't think he's our first choice center back pairing as of right now. I think to me it's it's nowhere close to what Giorgio Chiellini and Jesus Murillo can give to us. And I think the dependence that we have relied on Daniel Maldonado 
He's been much better as of late, but I still put Aaron Long ahead of Daniel Maldonado. I don't know when or how Ma- uh, Mamadou Fall moves into that that spot, maybe ahead of Aaron Long or maybe ahead of you know Daniel Maldonado. It all depends on what you're looking for and what you need. I think we all know, Philly, based on what we've seen this season, that we're going to need a rotation of two or three or four more center backs in front of Chiellini and in front of Jesus Murillo. But it wasn't his best match. Hopefully the chemistry will come. 1v1 defending was definitely a challenge for Mamadou Fall tonight. He was my player to watch, which is the only reason why I'm picking on him. But that being said, I just I don't love the effort at all. At no, all. And I would have expected a little more from Mamadou Fall having, to got, having the opportunity to have played in Spain. But we'll give him a pass for now. We're going to be a very loose leash because if this kid's expected to draw millions for us, and I'm not saying like listeners, just millions in general, he needs, he certainly needs to have a better performance. And he said it, Scarf, during the press conference, he said it. He knew he had an abysmal game defensively. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, he, he'd be the first one to tell you. If you want to find a bright note in any of this, we did snap our three game losing streak. If that Ooh. means anything to anybody, um, We've only lost more than three league games in a row once, and we'd have to go back to the a year that absolutely was abysmal in that of 2021. Uh, another bright note, if we can find as such, uh, Denny did score his 12th, which was pretty cool. Uh, second leading scorer in Major League Soccer, still behind Ani Mukhtar and 19th in all competitions. And you said it earlier, he's two for two in PKs. Uh, I think we should stick with him. Uh, so at least I'm trying to find some silver lining in this. Sure. And we don't have to play the Smurfs anymore. It's done. We played them three times. And uh, we've gone 1-1-1 one, one, and one against a team that came into the match 7-7-7. Seven, seven, and seven, which I thought that was a fun thing to repeat. So trying to find some silver linings in this. But yeah, man, we've been playing like the fire hydrant because the dogs have been peeing on us. And it's about time, like Soccer USA emojied earlier, we need to put out that fire immediately, and John Thorrington's got to be that firefighter. I am eager and anxious to know what he has up his sleeve, and he does. He absolutely does have something up his sleeve. Uh, just the anticipation is killing us because our performances have been killing us. So I hope to God something cool is on the horizon, something to excite some Vigor, energy, and excitement into our team. Something that we can look forward to other than a two-week break for League's Cup. Uh, it's there. It's there. I know it's there. I just need it here now. Well, you mentioned dogs and you mentioned fire hydrants. We got the boys with Purina on the front coming in next. That's, <laughs> well uh, played on that segue. St. Louis City for the first time in our club's history and their club's history. We will tangle at BMO. We'll tangle for the first time ever. doesn't matter where we're playing. We've never played these guys before, so this will be a lot of fun. I do really like their their kits. I like their away kit and their home kit. By the way, you guys, you should check out our episode where we ranked all the MLS kits. That was, uh, I don't know, I don't remember what number episode that was, but we had a lot of fun. Philly and I completely disagreed on a couple and totally agreed on a few. Uh, LAFC is now tied for third in the West with the RSL Arangos. That's uh-huh. right. Uh-huh. We have uh-huh. 33 points Sorry. apiece. That would be crazy. We have 33 points apiece, but we have earned our 33 points in one fewer match than they have. And by the way, even though they won 4 nothing, RSL's goal differential is now up, I guess. 
to minus one from minus five going into that match. What a difference a Chicho makes. Oh man, I would have loved to have signed Giacchini. That would have been a great signing. Uh, RS, or excuse me, uh, St. Louis did a great job in signing him. Uh, we are now five points back of St. Louis City as they head to us in just four days. And Seattle has now opened up a two-point gap on LAFC in second. So 35, excuse me, 38 for uh, St. Louis, 35 for Seattle, 33 for us, and 33 for Real Salt Lake. So again, that's July 12th, Wednesday at BMO, our first ever matchup against St. Louis. And then just three days later, we get on a plane and go up to the Twin Cities to play Minnesota United. It's it's supposed to be a beautiful stadium. I I really, I I really wanna I really wanna see that stadium, but I don't think I'm gonna make it out right now, you guys. I not sure, not sure how often I'm gonna be leaving my house uh, over the next couple of weeks or so. But you know what? All that comes uh comes secondary to to family, of course. And I just want to remind everybody, like Philly just said, transfer window wide open, baby. I'm ready. I'm ready. Who are we gonna see? We heard the rumors. It's Cristiano Ronaldo, right? That's that's the rumors. Uh, is Denis available for St. Louis? Why wouldn't he be? That was a question in the chat. Not sure why he wouldn't be. Either way, Philly, we got work to do against St. Louis, number one team in the West. And again, we have not looked good against better teams. We haven't looked good against any team in the last 11 or 12 matches. We've been a fire hydrant. Yeah. No more fire hydrants, everybody. It's time to be... The, the dog or the firefighter or the whatever analogy Philly wants to use with this. We, we gotta, we gotta stop this kid. I don't, I don't care that we got a point at home. We want points at home. We want three points at home. That's what we need. Not points, not one at a time. Philly, you and I are going to head to the ACFC game pretty soon. After this It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to go see Tyler Lucy and Lee Wynn. Uh, again, Lee Wynn, not playing for the North Carolina courage. He's coaching. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, got the, uh, Oh, is Deniba? Uh, got it, got it, got it. Got it. KJ was talking about the All Star game. Yeah, Deniba Wonga, by the way, in the skills competition for the All Star game, along with Tyler Miller. Tyler Miller going to be in the skills competition. I can't wait to see what Arsenal has in store for our former friend of the pod, Tyler Miller. He's going to, yeah, the skills competition. He's going to win in every category of giving up the most ridiculous goals. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, and again, by the way, shout out to our buddy Vince LaRosa, hashtag hire Vince. Uh, just kind of unfortunate um, that he's no longer with the LAFC. We, uh, we love Vince very, very, very much. We've had the uh, opportunity to work with Vince uh, on several, several, several occasions. And I don't know that there's somebody else I'd rather have in the foxhole with us doing all the things that you and I do Philly than one Vince LaRosa. Uh, so again, if you, uh, if you want to have somebody really, really smart, write really, really good things about whatever it is that you do hire Vince LaRosa. Uh, that being said, I'm out Philly. I'm done. I'm ready to head over to BMO, get out to the tailgate for the angel city game. It's going to be fun. Uh, Ruben's yeah, this right. hour and 22 second podcast has cost me a ride to BMO. Thank you very much. Like I said, I'm shocked that we squeezed so much time out of a 1-1 draw with no goals in the second half. I'm just kidding. I had to say that. At some point, can we please go under an hour? Defenders, in the chat real quick, do you want these longer? 
than an hour or shorter than an hour, let us know or DM us. I've been on the fence with this. Like my ADD kicks in way too quickly. I would love to do these things in under 60 minutes. Uh, some of y'all want it over 60 minutes. Let us know in the chat or let us know elsewhere. But I just want to say thank you. Obviously, we didn't plan to go live. I'm doing this more because it doesn't take as much time to upload on YouTube. But I want to say thank you to all you spending your uh, Sunday morning with us. We greatly appreciate it. We love all of you. Uh, anytime you see us, please stop us. Uh, anywhere we are, I don't care who we're talking to. Come say hi. I appreciate that. It makes me feel good. It may, it makes us love to see, put faces to names and all that other jazz. And we hope to get back to our winning ways. Cause like I've been saying, being a fire hydrant sucks. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Look, I love you all. We'll, we'll keep talking for as long as we need to, but we're done today. This is episode 265 of the, uh, LAFC podcast heard in over a hundred countries around the world. And again, thank you to all of you for joining us on the live, this impromptu live pod. I tell Philly, we got to do them all live and you know how we like to end all of them, whether they're live or recorded. Oh God, I got to get ready to turn this off. <laughs> yep. Get ready. I'm doing the wave. Bye-bye. Here it is. Uh, wave. Uh, keep, keep, uh, 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 but, but, still but, talking? But. You just... Go-